Everybody, welcome to another episode of Impact Theory. Today, we're gonna be talking about what I think is one of the most important things you could be thinking about and researching right now, and that is crypto and the blockchain and specifically NFTs. Now, why do I think that this is so important? One, I think that this is going to forever change the way that we interact with the world and with the internet. And what blockchain is really introducing is a revolution of sovereignty, as some say. It is certainly going to put the power back in your own hands. Now, having said that, none of what I'm going to say as I answer these questions is financial advice. You definitely need to do your own research. And my only ask is that you do that research. I really feel that this may be the single greatest moment of wealth transfer that any of us are going to live through. And if you look at it and you reject it and you say that, you know what, I understand it from a first principles position and I don't think that it's gonna be anything, fine. I can't see the future. I absolutely could be wrong. But I feel this tremendous sense of a moral obligation to let people know what's happening, that this major transformational moment is happening right now before our eyes. And many people have said, and I completely agree with the analogy that what's going on in blockchain right now is exactly like what happened to the internet in 97. Um, and I mean that very specifically in terms of NFTs and the way that NFTs don't think of it as art, which we will talk about, recognize that it's a technological layer that happens to manifest as art in one case, but there are many ways that it can actually manifest. We're gonna talk a lot about that. Uh, don't think about it as art, understand it as a technology, think from first principles and see how it's going to integrate into the world because it's gonna make the world way more interactive and personalized. And I'm talking about the real world, not just online, that will have huge implications there as well. All right, let's dive into the questions. What exactly are NFTs? What's the best way to start investing in them? And can you share links or courses to workshops to learn and polish these skills? Okay, so first and foremost, uh, just uh, the key orienting mechanism is to understand what the underlying technology is. And then from there, we can get into where you can go to learn more. But understanding that underlying technology is really critical. NFT stands for non-fungible token. Now to understand what a non-fungible token is, I think the best thing is to understand what a fungible token is. So money, the traditional, what people call fiat currency here in the US uh, and in most countries around the world is a fungible item. So if you have a $10 bill and I have two fives, we can exchange those and they retain the same amount of value. So my two fives are worth exactly what your 110 is. We exchange that, you now have the same value that you had before, even though you have something that is technically different. So that's fungible. They can be exchanged once we know what their value is. Uh, on the non-fungible side, what you're doing is you're making something truly unique. So the example that I think is really powerful is to think of the Mona Lisa. So I could give you a brush stroke perfect replica of the Mona Lisa, but because one of them was painted by Leonardo da Vinci and one of them wasn't, the one that was made by Leonardo da Vinci is considered to be far more valuable. So knowing which is which becomes critically important. Now, traditionally online, everything was fungible because it was just zeros and ones. So if you had a digital image, I could just go screenshot that digital image. Your digital image is completely fungible with my version 
of that image. So a digital replica of the Mona Lisa was exactly the same as another digital replication of the Mona Lisa, the same as another digital replication of the Mona Lisa. What the blockchain introduces is a way to prove that any given digital item is different from another digital item. And this is the critical part. This is the part that people are not yet understanding because you hold a specific NFT that the blockchain knows that you're the owner, knows what utility belongs with that, or I should say, because it knows you own it, other applications can read that you own that thing and give you utility. That's really how it works. Now, because of that, people can imbue things with incredible utility. So it isn't just that you own that piece of art, though that is a really important part of the energy that's pouring into the space right now. But again, art is only one example of what this can do. So let me give you an example. Right now, we're building out our first impact theory drop. We did a neon future drop, which was my sort of genesis as a creative, but we're now doing a genesis drop, which is just a fancy way of saying your first drop for Impact Theory, the company. And we're imbuing it with an insane amount of utility. Meaning that there are gonna be things that if you buy one of these and you have it in your wallet, and we'll talk more about wallets later, for now just know that there's this digital thing called a wallet that when you buy an NFT, it goes into that wallet. And now somebody like me, a company, can have you connect your wallet so that we can see what's in it. And we see, oh cool, you have one of the IT tokens, whatever that, Thing is ultimately going to be called. We haven't announced it yet. So you've got one of those special IT keys. You're part of the IT club. And now we're going to, because we recognize that you have it, we're going to give you access to things that other people are not going to have access to. It could be early access to one of our future NFT drops. It could be uh, free access to the different courses in Impact Theory University that we offer. It could work as a ticket to get into one of our live events and on and on and on. All because the blockchain tells me, the company owner, that definitively you are the owner of this thing. And because I know you're the owner, right? Again, it's non-fungible. So somebody couldn't come along with something else, let's say uh, somebody else's token, and get these same things out of me. Because programmatically, I can check the blockchain and say, yes, that person really does own it. Yes, that really is an impact theory token. So therefore, I can give them this additional benefits or whatever the case may be. So let's say that I make that token an image. And so what you're buying technically is a JPEG, right? You're gonna hear that a lot, that people are just buying JPEGs. Why on earth do these things have value? They have value for that chain that I just walked you through. I know that your version of that JPEG is authenticated by the blockchain, that that's one that you actually got from me or from somebody who got it from me, because of course there's a secondary market and you can trade these things, which is part of the magic of NFTs and why people are so excited about it, that you keep that value. And as the value of these NFTs go up, and of course they could also go to zero, but if the value of them is going up, you benefit from that. And if you decide to sell that, you capture the value. And the only reason that you're able to capture that value is because I and everybody else can verify that you actually own it. So if somebody went into your wallet and took a screenshot of it and tried to say, hey, that's not theirs, this is mine. The blockchain says that's not true. So now for the first time, even though visually they look the same, going back to our Mona Lisa example, the blockchain says, no, no, no. 
the one that was actually created by Tom at Impact Theory, which is now owned by Sally in Saskatchewan, that is the real one that was created by Impact Theory. This other one is unknown, right? It's just a JPEG, it's a fraud. So now, just like in the real world, there are ways to prove that something is yours. Now, digitally, there's ways to prove that something is yours. And when I say that changes everything, that changes everything. We'll definitely get more into that later. All right, now we can definitely drop some links that you guys can check out in order to learn more about this. Uh, but we also have a Discord that you can join, the Impact Theory Discord, where we talk all about what we're doing on the NFT side. Uh, we're holders of future holders at this point um, that have that coin, have exclusive access to certain parts of that where we can give you information and on and on and make sure that you get all your questions answered. So that's one place. But there's also a ton of videos that are being put out there on YouTube right now. They are extraordinary. There is so much free information um, that you can get just by going and looking for, just drop NFT into the search bar in YouTube, filter by the last, call it 30 days or last seven days, and you will see, you can you know look by what's got the most views uh, and see what's going on. There's so much incredible information, you just have to take the time to go through it. And Twitter and Discord are probably the two most popular places for people to learn, but if I'm honest, I spend the bulk of my time when I'm researching on YouTube. All right, next question. With all these different types of crypto, how do I know which one is right for me? All right, so first of all, do your research. When I got into this, first of all, I didn't want to get into this and shout out to David Kim who harangued me for like six months. I have never historically wanted to learn about investing. I find it way too complicated, way too boring. My whole life has been optimized around getting good at making money. I never wanted to have to worry about investing money. And so David was like, hey, you need to really look at crypto. I was like, I have no interest in this. I don't want to learn about all that stuff. I want to have my money as close to being buried in the backyard as humanly possible. I don't actually do that, so there's no need to come to my house, but that was the sort of emotional place I was in. I didn't want to think about what was happening with my money. I wanted to make it, and then I wanted it to be safe and secure. And then I realized that there is no safe and secure because at a minimum, you're competing against inflation. And so your money's purchasing power goes down over time, sometimes slowly, sometimes terrifyingly rapidly. And so it was very important to um, understand the following statement. Poor people spend, the middle class save, and the wealthy invest. And so I'd managed to make myself wealthy, but I didn't know what to do with my money. So because of NFTs, I finally have to go learn about the blockchain. So I get excited about NFTs. I see their business use case immediately. To implement something though, you need to be able to think from first principles. To think from first principles, I had to learn about the technology. So I embarked using YouTube, just like I was encouraging you guys to do. I went down the rabbit hole of learning about different cryptocurrencies. And I started with Bitcoin. Bitcoin then led me to Ethereum. And I learned about those and the blockchain. And the reason that I started there were they were just the two most popular. They were the places where the most energy was going. Um, and the key, and I'll give you some of the highlights, but the key is to really understand it from first principles so that you're not just mimicking what other people are doing, that you can create your own thesis around what these are, why they matter, what the use case is. Um, and one thing I will say is I'm what they call a use case maximalist. So for me, I'm not just trying to flip and trade because 
quite frankly, I'm too ignorant to it. I don't want to spend that kind of time in it. I see the blockchain as something that is going to change the world and that as a business owner, I really better understand that. And then as I came to understand it, I realized that it plugged in perfectly with the kind of things that I need to do in order to build the next Disney. So I had to learn about this technology. Now, whenever you're learning about a technology, you start with a lexicon. So you're gonna fumble around. So you're gonna go and you're gonna type into YouTube, whatever word you know, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum, NFTs, whatever is that starting point that you're at. Then as you get in, you're gonna to begin to encounter the language. So you wanna start learning the terms. The next thing is that you're gonna to start to figure out who the different players are in the space. And then once you figure out who the players are, you're gonna go deep down the rabbit hole of actually gaining that expertise, okay? So it starts with words, lexicon. Then it goes to influencers. And then finally it goes to the actual true understanding that's gonna come over time. And you need to start using it. Now, the fastest way to learn about cryptocurrency is to go invest in some. Again, this is not financial advice. And if I haven't already said this, let me tell you, when it comes to cryptocurrency, which is an extremely volatile asset, the only thing more volatile than cryptocurrency is NFTs. NFTs are like the king of volatility, of lack of uh, liquidity, right? You can get your money tied up in an NFT and never be able to get it out. So you need to be very thoughtful that the utility of that thing is worth the money that you're paying for it. Okay, that's incredibly important. All right, so the fastest way to learn about cryptocurrency is to go buy some, but you're not going to invest any money that you can't afford to lose, okay? I'll say that again. You're not going to invest any money that you can't afford to lose. The first thing I would do and did is go to Coinbase. It's very easy. It's one of many. There are many that you can do, but speaking from experience, I went to Coinbase. It was very easy for me to set up an account. There's something called KYC, which stands for Know Your Customer. So they're going to ask, it's anti-money laundering. They're gonna ask you a lot of questions. They're probably gonna make you send in, if I remember right, you have to photocopy both sides of your driver's license and send that in. Uh, they're going to encourage you to connect your bank account. There are other ways that you can do it. I ended up um, treating it like an ACH wire. So I wasn't in the beginning days, I was not comfortable connecting my bank account. And so I gave them my routing number and my account number um, so that I could ACH money back and forth. Um, so follow your comfort level, only do what you understand and only do what you're comfortable with. Once you have a Coinbase account, then you can trade your fiat currency, just your US dollars, for the cryptocurrency of your choice. Again, only invest in the ones that you understand and believe have utility. For me, I think the very first thing that I bought was Bitcoin. The next thing that I bought was um, Ethereum. And then the third thing that I bought, again, this is all based on my understanding of the technology was something called Chainlink. It's probably beyond the scope of today's conversation, but there you have it. Those were the three things that I bought into. Now, why? And as we talk about knowing what is right for you, so the reason that I invested in Bitcoin is because the narrative around Bitcoin being digital gold. And so that really made a lot of sense to me. And that's a store of value. And the reason it's a store of value is because it is provably scarce. Okay, provably scarce is the important thing. So gold has been that thing that is provably scarce that we have for like 5,000 years agreed is gonna be the thing that we store value in, meaning I want to buy some gold with the money that I've earned. 
And then that gold sits somewhere until 1971. This was true. That gold sits somewhere in a vault and they give me paper receipts based on the amount of gold that I have. And those paper receipts over time, people realized, hey, I can actually trade these because they are as good as gold because you can literally take that paper receipt, go to the vault where the gold is stored, change it in for the gold. So people realize, whoa, this is a lot easier to trade in this paper receipt than it is in the gold standard. So we switch to paper money which you guys all know, but it was backed by gold. Then in 1971, Richard Nixon decides, hey, we're gonna go off the gold standard and we become a fiat currency. Fiat means by decree. And so now by decree, we're going to say that this money has value, but it's not actually backed by anything other than basically the full might of the US government or any country's government. And this is why people have a real beef with fiat currency because they can print more of it now. That's definitely outside the scope of this question, but you get the idea. If you want a fighting chance against the competition, you need to be using the best technology and platforms in the world like Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. Now, I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy for you to start, run, and grow your business. It didn't used to be this easy. I'm telling you back in the day, it was a lot harder. I'm so jealous. Shopify powers more than 10% of all US e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly and efficiently choose Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash impact now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So I'm thinking, whoa, this is cool. You've got this provably scarce thing that unlike gold, which actually increases the amount over time, which means the value of each individual piece goes down over time. Bitcoin solves that problem. There's only 21 million units that will ever be created for always and forever. That's it, period, full stop. Never a single Bitcoin, never a single Satoshi, which is merely a division of a Bitcoin. So you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin as a side note. You can buy one Satoshi, which is some tiny, 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 tiny fraction of a Bitcoin. So trust me, if you've got a dollar, if it weren't for fees, you'd be able to buy a dollar's worth of Bitcoin. So don't worry, you don't have to have huge amounts of money to try this. Okay, so I hear this narrative that this is provably scarce, 
limited supply, only 21 million units ever gonna be made. It's not meant to replace the dollar, it's meant to be a store of value like that gold in the vault somewhere. So instead of physical gold in a vault somewhere, I now have my Bitcoin in a vault somewhere. So that vault can be Coinbase, that vault can be a Ledger hardware wallet, Remember, when you start learning, you're learning the words. So I'm throwing some words out there that I don't expect you to actually understand right now, but you're gonna to begin to learn those, which become new search terms for you in YouTube, and you can go down that rabbit hole. Okay, so you've got your Bitcoin stored in the equivalent of a vault somewhere, and that represents however many dollars you used at that time to acquire it. So now you're storing, theoretically, because again, this is a very volatile asset, your storing value. Now. A reasonable question to ask is, if this is such a volatile asset, why do I consider it a store of value? There are many reasons, but I'll give you the punchline that really hit me. It is the single fastest adopted technology in human history. Let that sink in. Bitcoin is the fastest adopted technology in all of human history. It got adopted faster than electricity, than the telephone, then mobile phones, then computers, then the internet, nothing ever has been adopted faster. And when you step back and look at, I think it's 12 or 13 years that Bitcoin has been around now, as you come and zoom out, all of that volatility drops away and it is literally up and to the right. It's crazy. Now again, I cannot see the future. Nobody can. It is entirely possible that this asset class drops to zero because just like paper money, that you're used to, the normal money. It only has value because we all say it has value. And if we all stop saying it has value, then it stops having value. The same is true of Bitcoin. If tomorrow everybody wakes up and decides, nah, that was dumb, then it stops having value. So you need to be very thoughtful about that. Now, I happen to have a reasonable amount of belief that over time, it's going to continue going up because of what I mentioned before. Humans have forever been looking for a store of value that allows money to maintain its purchasing power over space and time. And Bitcoin, by narrative as I understand it, seems to be the most effective at storing value over space and time because it's digital, it has a hard cap, there will never be more of it, and its adoption is ridiculously fast. Now, the only thing, the only technology ever that shows an even faster adoption curve than Bitcoin is Ethereum. Now, Ethereum hasn't been around as long, so who knows? Again, maybe it goes to zero. And that notion of there's only one gold, so there's probably only gonna be one digital gold, that's why I'm more bullish on Bitcoin than I am on Ethereum. But in full disclosure, my portfolio is, uh, in terms of value, is almost 50-50 even though as of today, I've put in about half the money into Ethereum that I have into Bitcoin. So with half of the input, I've gotten the same amount of value in Ethereum that I did in Bitcoin. Now this, could, this changes day by day. So who knows what that's gonna be tomorrow? Who knows what it's gonna be in a year from now? I have no idea. So, but that's the way I think about it. So Bitcoin, you've got as gold, and then the way that people refer to Ethereum is the, if Bitcoin is digital gold, then Ethereum is digital oil. And they literally call the fees on Ethereum gas fees. So that's like, if you think about one is used constantly and the other is a store of value, 
That's a good way to think about it. Now, if I'm honest, in my daily life, the way that I think about Ethereum is as money because I spend it constantly. So I'm buying it not just to have a store of value. I'm buying it so that I can uh, buy NFTs, that I can be engaged in that community and other goods that will pop up over time uh, that you're able to purchase with Ethereum. Right now, the big ones are to lock your money up in DeFi, which is like putting it in a bank account and earning interest. Uh, and I know precious little about DeFi, so take that with a grain of salt. Uh, and then in NFTs. And I have spent a substantial amount of money in NFTs. Um, whether I am up in the long run is a huge question mark. As of right now, it looks like I'm up tremendously. But again, NFTs are extraordinarily volatile and extraordinarily illiquid, which means there isn't people constantly buying it like you get with Bitcoin and Ethereum. Okay, that's a wall of information. Hopefully you can go back, listen to that again, because there's a lot of very usable points in there. But those are the two big things that I have invested in. That third again is Chainlink because it has utility. I'm not gonna go into that for now, but it has utility in the NFT world because my entry into this was all about NFTs because as a business owner, I'm thinking about how to integrate NFTs into our business strategy. That led me to Chainlink. I could immediately see how I was going to need it in my own business, which then made me think, okay, well, if I'm gonna need it, I'm sure a lot of people are going to need it. And so that was why I invested in it. Again, I'm what's known as a utility maximalist. So whatever I'm buying, I'm not just buying because I'm hoping that it's gonna go up. I'm buying it because I understand it and I understand how it's used. And I have a bet that when I look out at the future of what's going to happen with the world, that that use case is going to continue to be relevant. And that is a very good way to think about it. So you have a thesis and you buy based on your thesis or sell based on your thesis, not based on hype. So be very, very thoughtful about that. Okay. Next question. What is a wallet? Is it safe? How can I put Bitcoin in a USB and carry it with me? If Bitcoin fluctuates so much in price, how can I make sure that I'm not paying for a pizza in Bitcoin that later that same amount of Bitcoin will have made me a millionaire? Okay. So there's a classic story about somebody who bought Bitcoin for whatever, however many, 120 Bitcoin that at the time was very, very little. Now 120 Bitcoin would be millions of dollars. So it is, uh, in fact, if I remember right, it might've been thousands of Bitcoins because the last time somebody checked the pizza ended up costing like $250 million or something like that. Uh, so there is no way to know that. And this would be like buying something with gold. Over time, that gold is going to go up in value. One hopes. So you never know if that's going to be the case. So the way that I would think about it is personally, I don't put money into Bitcoin because I plan to sell it. I put money into Bitcoin because it's a store of value and I want to hold it across time and space. So when I invest in Bitcoin, I don't care about the ups and downs of the market in the short term. As Michael Saylor said, when it comes to Bitcoin, any time horizon less than four years is just noise. Now, the reason that he picked four years, if I'm not mistaken, is because that's when it halves uh, its output. A, I don't understand that well enough to go into the like nitty gritty of how it works, but there are what are called miners and they're currently mining for that next Bitcoin. Remember, there will only ever be 21 million units, but not all 21 million units have been created yet. And so there are miners that are out there slowly creating this over time. And there's a set schedule at which uh, interval they come out and every four years, the amount of time and energy basically that it takes to release those unmined Bitcoins gets cut in half. 
So if it were 16 per block now, at the next um, four-year cycle, then it will fall to eight, and then it will four, so on and so forth. Uh, so that's why he says four years, because that ends up creating uh, market dynamics that change the price. So we're definitely outside my depth in terms of being able to articulate the halving and the supply shock that that creates. Um, but Willy Wu is a guy that you want to look up, um, somebody that's got a really, uh, he's very good at articulating these movements. And then while we're talking about resources, I will point you to hope.com which is Michael Saylor's website around Bitcoin. I think you will be blown away by he put that, why he put that on hope.com. I think it's very interesting. Now let's talk about wallets themselves. Okay, so a wallet, as I mentioned earlier, is a, an application basically, and the one that I recommend, it's the most common when you're dealing with Ethereum, is MetaMask. So MetaMask is a Chrome plugin that is an extension on your browser. So you would search for MetaMask, go to the official site, which we'll put the link to the official site. I'm pretty sure it's metamask.io, um, but you're gonna go there. You're going to install it into your Chrome browser. Again, I think that's the only browser that it works for. You get it in Chrome and now you set up your account. You're gonna get something called a seed phrase. Whatever you're doing, I want you to stop and I want you to pay attention because this is the one of the most important things I'm going to say. In the beginning, remember I said, part of the thing that gets people excited about the blockchain and cryptocurrency is that it gives you sovereignty. When you take on Bitcoin and hold it in your MetaMask, because maybe you bought it in all cryptocurrencies, by the way, let's say that you bought it on Coinbase. They're the custodians of that. So there's a saying in cryptocurrency, not my keys, not my coin, meaning if you don't have this seed phrase to be able to open and close that, the security on that, to stop things from flowing in and out, then technically Coinbase or the government, whoever, the government could come and put pressure on Coinbase to seize your assets. Whereas if you have them in your MetaMask wallet or you have them in a cold storage, like uh, I mentioned earlier, Ledger. Ledger is a USB drive that you can store your seed phrase on. Now, I haven't spent enough time on hardware wallets to know the exact mechanism by which it works, but it's basically a, uh, a dumb terminal that can't be hacked. It has so little information and computing power that there's virtually, nothing is bulletproof, but there's virtually no way to get into that thing. So uh, it's considered as unhackable as something is going to get. So by putting your access to your crypto on that, because remember your crypto isn't actually on that, that's your access to your crypto. So the thing that gives you universal, global, worldwide access to your crypto is something called a seed phrase. Now, when you create your MetaMask wallet, it will give you a seed phrase. When I say, don't ever, 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 under any circumstances, for any reason, ever, 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 don't ever give your seed phrase to anybody else, okay? My wife doesn't know my seed phrase. Now, it's not because I don't trust her, it's because that's just another point of vulnerability. So now you should be asking yourself though, but wait a second, if I'm the only one that knows my seed phrase and something happens to me, then how would somebody else get my money? Or like my wife upon my death, or more terrifyingly, what happens if I lose my seed phrase? 
forget my seed phrase or I get caught up in a phishing attack and I give my seed phrase to somebody? The answer is you are fucked. That's sovereignty. There is no recourse. If you lose your seed phrase, whatever that was protecting. So if that's your MetaMask wallet, like right now, in my MetaMask wallet, I shudder to think how much is in there. In NFTs, it's a lot, a lot, a lot. And if I forget my seed phrase or am dumb enough to give my seed phrase to somebody, and I do have empathy for people that have been tricked into giving their seed phrase, which is why I'm really going out of my way to say, don't give your seed phrase to anybody. If I forgot it or gave it to somebody, poof, it's all gone. And you need to really think about that. But the great news is that nobody can confiscate it. So if you're the only one that has it, there's no way to get into your MetaMask wallet. There's no way to hack that, to get it out. And that's doubly true if you have it on a hardware wallet. So you're trading this inviolability. No one can take your money from you. And if you heard about what happened in Cyprus, I forget how many years ago, but I don't know, seven or eight, 10 years ago, something like that in Cyprus, um, one day they just decided we're taking 10% of everybody's money to get the government solvent again. Now, you can't do that if you've got your stuff stored on a hardware wallet. So that's why people do that. But the problem is that um, if you lose that seed phrase, there's no getting it back. There's no forgot my password that doesn't exist. So you have to be really, really incredibly thoughtful about what you do with that. To circle back around to the pizza question, the whole goal there is that by holding your Bitcoin, it is gonna go up in value. So if you're gonna spend, like I said, I spend Ethereum and I hold Bitcoin, but Ethereum also goes up. And so that's a tricky beast. And is Ethereum, some people predict that Ethereum's gonna be bigger than Bitcoin and that one day it's gonna be worth even more. And if that ends up being true, you could be in the same situation. So part of how I get myself to sleep on that one is that I just spend Ethereum so back and forth, so casually on things, just like I would the US dollar, that it's like at some point your money has to function. So if all you wanna do is hold, then use your US dollars for exchange, use your Bitcoin, Ethereum as a means to store value and just don't spend it because no one, I mean, the whole hope is that this goes up over time. All right, next question. Can anyone quickly and easily create an NFT? Uh, yes, but this all comes down to, you wanna create an NFT that's awesome. Now that could be an awesome piece of art. It could be an amazing bit of utility and the image is very, very, very basic and simple but there are places that you can go that will allow you to mint your own piece. I'm pretty sure OpenSea will let you mint. Uh, Impact Theory is, uh, we have a, a sister company called Renders, which is an NFT marketplace for anime and video game art. Uh, and there for people that are focused on that kind of art, you can mint. Um, and what minting is, is taking a JPEG, an image, it doesn't have to be a JPEG, could be a movie file like an MP4, um, but you're taking a media file of some kind and you're putting it on the blockchain. Now, sometimes, and this will very quickly get way too complicated, but I'll just give you a sort of little hint about how this works. So if you go to someplace like uh, Renders or you go to OpenSea, uh, 
we make it easy for you to mint. So it's like we take all the complexity out of it. For you, it's just a button. Um, but what's happening behind the scenes can get far more complicated, which you can either, if it's a really small file, and I mean really small, you can actually store it on the blockchain. And this will be different by blockchain. I'm speaking primarily about Ethereum right now. So you can, if it's very small, you can put it directly on the blockchain. So something like CryptoPunks actually lives on the blockchain. Um, and if it's a larger file, then what you're gonna do is you're gonna put a hash, don't worry about what that is, you're gonna put a hash on the blockchain that points at the file, which resides somewhere else, typically something called IPFS, so Interplanetary File System. Uh, again, you don't have to worry about what that means for now, but just know that you have this thing on the blockchain that says, yeah, that thing over there stored on that server, that's the real one. And so that's how you're able to have a large file that's, it's impossible financially to put that on the blockchain. So you have this thing that verifies the actual asset, which is over on a server somewhere else. So that's essentially what you're doing is getting that proof of who owns what. So it's a very simple process when you use a third party. If you wanna do it for yourself, it is definitely a process that you can learn, but you're going to want to find, because to build your own marketplace and the minting functionality is gonna be relatively complex. Um, but if you wanted to do that, you would need to either learn how to code in Web3. Uh, the programming language on Ethereum specifically is something called Solidity. You certainly could learn how to do that, um, but it won't be the easiest thing you've ever done, but it is very, very, very possible. And I will say that anybody out there that's even remotely considering computer science, if you're wondering what branch of computer science to go into, I would highly, highly recommend Web3. The amount of money that we have paid Web3 developers to put together our platform and the other Web3 um, things that we've created is crazy. They are so in demand right now. Um, but yeah, that is NFT minting, very, very simple. If you strive to perform your best in life, bringing your energy and abilities into everything you do, then it only makes sense that you would want to be out on the road with that same power, agility, and performance that everyone expects from you. And there's no better option than the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable SUV yet, the third-generation Range Rover Sport. You guys know I love staying on the cutting edge with technology, and the Range Rover Sport's cabin features advanced technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, a must, offering you and your family and friends new levels of comfort and refinement while traveling. The Range Rover Sport provides an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and redefines sporting luxury for the power, agility, and performance you demand in every area of your life. Explore the Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. All right, next. Can you give us actionable advice? How did you wrap your mind around NFTs and learn about them? Okay, so for me, everything always begins with learning those terms, going in, finding the influencers, and then really going deep on learning the technology. The fastest way to learn something is to use it. So I started going in, and the first thing I did was build a project around it. 
That was that drop that I referenced earlier called Neon Future. It was a drop based on a comic book that Steve Aoki and I did together. We created the NFTs together. We launched it on Nifty Gateway. And that was like sort of an on-rails experience because Nifty Gateway handled all the contract writing for uh, the smart contracts, which is what they're known as on NFTs. You get these smart contracts, which allow you to interact with that piece of art, let's say, to give that piece of art properties from who owns it to what can be done with it. There's all kinds of amazing things that you can do. Now, that was my first exposure. And I began to learn about the underlying technology. As I learned about the underlying technology by watching all these YouTube videos, by going in to Twitter and Clubhouse and listening to people talk about it and watch people coding in Solidity, like actually trying to learn about the basics of the coding so that I could understand what the technology was capable of. Then once I did my first drop, again, that on Rails program where a lot of it was done for me, but I began to really understand what this was and I had a couple months of learning under my belt. Then I went out and found my own coder and said, okay, here's the thing that I want to build. And I've spent the last six months building renders, which is that marketplace that I was talking about for anime and video game art, uh, which as I'm recording this, it hasn't launched yet, but it will be launching soon. And so in that, now you start really getting under the hood. Now I'm working with a tech team. It's not like I'm coding it myself, but as you interview people trying to figure out who knows their stuff, you start meeting people that give you confidence that they really know what they're talking about. And maybe you have, and this is exactly what I did, I had some people auditing other people. So you just find these people slowly. I cannot tell you how many people I've interviewed and how long it took to begin cobbling this stuff together, but it's extremely powerful. As you spend that time asking questions, not being afraid to look stupid, you get a little bit more information. Again, first it's learning the words, then it's figuring out, in the case of tech, who actually knows what they're doing from a coding perspective. You hear somebody mention something, like, for instance, I heard about Open Zeppelin, that it was a repository of smart contracts that you could literally copy and paste. So it's like, whoa, that's a huge breakthrough. Okay, so that's gonna be the first place that I start. Then you start hearing about people like Manifold XYZ, and you realize that they're creating like this incredible library of these very custom smart contracts. And so I was like, okay, I wanna know more about those guys. Start following them on Twitter, start jumping in their Discord, seeing what they're up to. And so, you begin to put together this information. And even now, compared to somebody that can actually code in Web3, I'm a total idiot, but I know enough that I can engage, that I can find the right people, and that I can build the things that I want to build. And over time, as they say, your network is your net worth. You start putting these individuals together that can help you create the things that you wanna create. But it's about putting in a relentless amount of time and energy. In the beginning, I was spending there were times where I was for sure putting close to 40 hours a week in research. Now I still maintain roughly 20 hours a week just in pure research around NFTs, the blockchain, uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum, like I'm in it. I'm learning about it. Then on top of that, because of all the different things that we're creating, I'm constantly dealing with tech teams, figuring things out, seeing where the hurdles are, the stumbling blocks, what are the solutions? And I'm engaging in that, constantly trying to understand it and the easy way to understand it is to say, okay, here's what I think is happening, repeat it, right? Which means you're gonna constantly run the risk of looking stupid because you say something and the coders, ah, that's not at all how it works. But I run that risk, refine it, find out what it was that I didn't understand, repeat it again, did I understand it this time? Talk to as many people as you can, constantly saying this stuff, getting that feedback of what you understand, what you don't understand, 
And you're gonna see as you're using that knowledge, right? And a huge part of this, and using can just be saying it out loud, explaining it to other people. But then if you can get that second layer of actually creating something, either learning to code yourself or going out and building something with a coder, you're gonna learn this a lot faster. And then you just have to keep doing that for a very extended period of time. Like I said, I've already been um, working aggressively in the space now for about seven months and actively building my own platform for six months. So it's like, as you do that stuff, you really, really begin to learn. But worst case, YouTube videos, follow the right people on Twitter, go into Twitter spaces, go into clubhouses, look for people that are talking about this stuff, learn as much as you can, fill all of the moments that I call transitional moments as you're moving around, as you're cooking, as you're feeding the dogs, as you're going for a walk, as you're stepping out to grab uh, stuff out of the mailbox, whatever. You should constantly be filling those moments with information. All right. And again, if you want to get any shortcuts, Discord is a tremendous place to go. And one of the rooms that we have, or uh, one of the areas that we have in our Discord is around this stuff. So if you wanna come learn more about NFTs, the blockchain, all of that, you can certainly head over to the Impact Theory Discord and we'll put the link uh, below this video. Okay, now here is the most interesting question. How do you imagine the future with NFTs? Okay. The reason that I'm so obsessed with NFTs is that it is going to change the world in the same profound way that the internet changed the world. So I want you to imagine as the technology begins to integrate all the different ways that it will show up in your life. And my favorite example to give people now is AR. So right now, there are AR apps. You can take out your phone, you can point your phone at different things and images will appear. And in the future, what appears when you point your phone at it or when Apple gives us Apple AR glasses, let's say that we're walking through a mall. So not even something we think of as being connected to the internet, but we go to the mall and you know they've got those um, posters on the wall, um, that you know have advertisements or they have directories that you, know, you can find all the different things in the mall. Now imagine that those are blank and or they have a QR code on them. And when you hold your phone up or look at them with your glasses, it reads that QR code. And now based on the NFTs that you have in your wallet that are already connected to your glasses or to your phone, it's gonna populate that based on the NFTs that you have. So imagine you have that impact theory NFT and I know, hey, if you go to this store in this mall, you can actually get a special discount that we've negotiated with them. It's gonna be things like that. Or, hey, you're walking through the metaverse. So now the digital version of a mall or whatever, a game, and you're walking by a door and you're there with your friends and you look at the door. This could be same at the mall, same in the metaverse, right? You look at that ad and you see an Impact Theory logo. Your friend looks at it and they don't see an Impact Theory logo. Why? Because they didn't get one of the Impact Theory NFTs. You're in the metaverse, a door appears for you, but not for your friend. And there's an Impact Theory logo on it. You're like, whoa, that's weird. Do you see the door? The other person doesn't see it. You see it, you open, you go in for some kind of exclusive experience, exclusive offer, whatever. There are a million ways that this is going to manifest, but that exclusive access, getting uh, advanced copies of things, getting advanced information, exclusive groups, discounts, 
all of the above and more loyalty programs. It is going to be absolutely insane what people are able to do. One thing that I just encountered literally two days ago was I happened to have something called a Bored Ape. So there was an NFT project called the Bored Ape Yacht Club and I bought one of the Bored Apes. And now because I had that, there was this virtual shop that opened up on a website and the guy said, hey, if you hold any of these projects, and one of them was the Bored Apes, then you have the ability to mint a custom pair of, and this is gonna be hilarious for people that aren't into NFTs, but you can buy a custom pair of virtual shoes that have your unique one-of-one Bored Ape on them. Now, that store is only accessible for people that have that thing in their wallet. And let me tell you, those shoes, as crazy as you're going to think I am, are some of my most prized possessions because they're only for me. They're completely custom. If anybody had gone to that store and they didn't have one of the supported NFTs in their wallet, then the vendor of the store, and it looked just like a, a vendor in a video game. So you go up to this vendor in the video game. Hey, welcome. I see that you have some really cool items in your wallet. Would you like to mint these? And it showed me all the different things that I could mint. And then I went in, and again, you guys know what minting is now. So I click the mint button, boom, they communicate to the blockchain. This image now belongs to my wallet address technically, but me, Tom Dillion. So now I've got this thing. Now, it is a one-of-one one pair of shoes. It could have been anything. It could have been a one-of-one one shirt that they're actually going to mail to me. And maybe later they say, hey, anybody that bought those shoes, you now have the ability to buy that pair of shoes in real life. And you just have to have the NFT in order to have the ability to buy that. So you can imagine all the exclusive stuff that Nike does. Now they can do things like, hey, if you want this ultra rare shoe, like in real life, an actual physical shoe, it's only available for the 350 people worldwide that have the Nike coin. I'm making this up. I doubt that they actually have a Nike coin yet, but have the Nike coin and have done, taken some other action, right? So I could do something like, hey, anybody that's been in Impact Theory University for more than a year, verified by your Impact Theory coin, the token, we can now give you access to something special. And it, it all happens programmatically. So I just, I, as in you come to Impact Theory's app, we check your wallet, we say, yep, you've been in here for more than a year, we know it, it's on the blockchain, boom, and now we can make something available to you and only you. So it, it just, this degree of customization, this degree of interactivity, like I said, going to the mall somewhere out in the real world and it's responding to you based on the NFTs that you have, creating options and opportunities that other people aren't going to have. And when you start thinking about, these, these are just the dumb ideas that we're thinking of in the 1997 version of the internet. But nobody's thinking about the 2021 version of the internet and what that's gonna be like in 15, 20 years for NFTs. It's going to be insane. And it's going to integrate into every product. I really believe right now, just as virtually every business, I mean, there are of course always going to be edge cases, but virtually every business should have a website strategy. Virtually every business should have an NFT strategy. And yes, it's very early right now, which means you're more likely to get adoption by the people that are coming in. You're gonna get so much disproportionate attention. It's just like 
when a new social media platform launches, in the beginning, there's all this crazy organic reach. And then over time, that organic reach begins to fall off because more and more people are coming into the system, there's more noise. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't get optimized. And of course, there are massive, huge wins to be had, even as this stuff goes at scale. But being an early adopter is going to enter you into a stream that has so much excitement and momentum going on right now that I think invariably, the earlier you adopt it, the better off things are gonna be for you in terms of getting exclusive access to things that people aren't going to do in the future. Like when I think about what the utility that we're putting into our own um, NFT, the impact theory NFT that we're gonna be doing, it's fucking crazy. It's literally crazy. We are packing that thing with so much value because I'm super paranoid that I wanna make sure that anybody that buys it gets that upside. And this may be the most fascinating thing about NFTs. NFTs allow communities to grow with the creator. So imagine that you could buy a still frame from Steamboat Willie, Disney's genesis moment for Mickey Mouse. You can imagine how much that would go up in value over time just by being the first time that we ever see Mickey Mouse. Now imagine that that actually gets you things within the park or gets you early access into the next Marvel movie or on and on. It enters you into a drawing to go on set for the next filming of you know the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The number of things that people can do are limited only by their imagination because now things are provable. I can prove that that's yours. And by proving that it's yours, it means you capture that value, you can sell it. And then don't even get me started on derivatives. This is gonna be a whole thing. That's probably a topic for another video, uh, but it is incredibly exciting to see, like those shoes, so the shoes that I talked about where it was based on my NFT, my board ape, and the shoes were a custom, they had this my board ape on them, happened just like that programmatically based on what was in my wallet, that's a derivative. And so you get these insanely talented artists because of the technology able to do things like that. It's just a hint at where all of this is going. It's going to be massive. It's going to change everything. So buckle up, get ready, learn about it. Because if you learn about it, you can think from first principles. If you don't, you have to copy. All right, that's it. Follow me on Twitter. I'm going ham there talking about NFT and crypto and all that good stuff. So be there or be square. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Peace.